Oh, Clarice, your problem is you need to get more fun out of life. Shh. It's the Milk Flavors. Hey, everybody. I'm Robert. And I'm Chris. And we're the Film Flamers. Today, we're bringing you our top 10 psycho killers. Qu'est-ce que c'est? That's right. We obviously have a great affinity for the crime subgenre of horror, as we've you know talked about Copycat, Seven, we're going to do Sons of the Lambs, and we have another one coming up too, so lots of crime horror that we like to talk about, so it makes sense for us to go through and pick our top 10 psycho killers. Uh, we had a couple rules for making these top 10 lists though, Chris. What were some of those rules? No supernatural killers, so no like Freddy or Jason, right? Yeah, that's right. So anybody who comes back from the grave so many times that they clearly cannot be a normal human being. Yeah, and and no killers directly based on reality, like say Eileen Wernos. That's right. So no biopics, yeah, right? or Ted Bundy or any of that. Exactly. So these need to be fictional human killers. Yeah. And we say psycho killers and we'd like to just go ahead and say that we don't feel that everybody who has mental illness is in fact dangerous or things like that. But in the context of these horror movies, they're all killers. They're killers, you know, and they have, you know, some sort of like mental illness attached to them some way, form or fashion. Mm -hmm. And so that's why we're calling it this. We both had different algorithms, shall we say, Mm -hmm. for creating our top tens. Mine was purely based on body count. And what was yours based on? So I'm doing mine sort of like as a a nod to RuPaul's Drag Race, right? So I was doing it from the cunt method, right? Charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent. (laughs) Essentially just saying like who I thought was the most memorable for whatever reason, right? May it be their method of killing or Hmm. who they chose, where they, you know, hunted their, you know, prey, I guess. Well, as a gay man, I find that I don't use cunt nearly enough. Yeah, I think you need to start using it a lot more often, actually. Okay. Uh, whose turn is it to start this time? Uh, why don't you go ahead? Okay, my number 10 is a psycho killer named Kurt Duncan. He's from the movie When a Stranger Calls from 1979. Um... This movie, the first like 15 minutes of this movie is one of the the scariest things I've ever seen in my life. I know that I've talked about it on the podcast before um, and just the the sheer fact that this man had broken into a house, murdered some children and was taunting a babysitter from inside the house, right? It's like the oldest story ever heard, right? But it was just seemed so fresh the first time I saw it and so ridiculously scary and like Carol Kane does a great job. Oh, I love Carol Kane. This killer is so scary just i mean knowing that he's up there and every time the phone rings and now he's like have you checked the children and i'm just like just i'm scared now to say it out loud and that was me doing it later on in the movie it sort of turns into kurt has been released from like a mental institution and he's living on the streets and they're trying to catch him again mm-hmm. and they start to talk about the scene that they discovered that night and he had completely like mutilated these children without a weapon. So he used his bare hands. And I thought if it comes to uniqueness in a fictional psycho killer, that's pretty way up there. But did he kill them or did he mutilate? Did he, was he He mutilated and killed them? (gasps) And the children were already dead by the time he was making those phone calls. So he was just trying to get the babysitter up there. Do you remember the body count? Um, as far as the movie goes, what you see in it too. Okay. Yeah. So, Who's your number 10? My number 10 is in honor of our movie that we just covered, Seven. Uh, It's John Doe, where he killed seven people, at Mm -hmm. least, that we know of. Right. I'm assuming that he's killed before, but, you know, who knows? 
But uh, yeah, John Doe, played by Kevin Spacey in the movie Seven, got exactly what he wanted. Every single thing that he had planned came to pass, down to even the timing down from a year to them finding the body exactly a, a year to the day later for one of those victims. Uh, I mean, just expertly timed stuff. And he he knew his victims. He knew the psychology of his, of his own detectives, even just not even knowing who they would be until that week. And he uh, he succeeded. And uh, you could argue that he won, even though he died at the end. He had planned his own death. So I feel like he he wins on uh, the cunt method as well as the Definitely. as the body count. He's the lowest of my list as far as body count. But I had to put him on here, especially since he's so notorious in pop culture, but also so successful in that film. So I know. And I wonder if he's killed before. I mean, I would always assume that the body count of these people is higher than what we actually know of because we only can count what's on the screen, right? Or at least alluded to in the story. He was so methodical and planned out that I wonder if he was just happy killing seven people. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. Uh, well, he'll never find out if it was. Yeah. I, he probably just like practiced on, I don't know, production assistance on the movies he was working on. <laughs> God. <laughs> Uh, my number nine is a killer named John Ryder from the movie The Hitcher from 1986. Oh, man. He was so good in the remake, too, with... Uh, was that guy like Superman is in that movie or whatever? The guy from Smallville? No. What are you talking about? Hitcher. The new one from the early thousands. I don't think I've seen it. Sean Bean is the Hitcher. Oh, is that and, who plays it? Yeah, and it's actually really good, in my opinion. The new, the new Hitcher. I haven't seen it. I need he to watch it. He is an insanely effective killer, and it gets just really crazy. So you need to see that. I need it. Well, I mean, so... I, well, anyway, sorry to hijack. No, no, no. It's okay. We can compare some notes for a minute. So R Rutger Hauer plays him in the original. Ooh. And he's like, he accepts a ride from C. Thomas Howell in the very beginning of the movie. And he starts talking about the last person that he was riding in a car with. And he was just like, well, first I cut off his arms. And then I, you know. And so ultimately, C. Thomas Howell knows that he's going to be murdered, but gets him out of his car in time. But this guy's following him on this road trip from hell, right? Constantly taunting him. And the movie itself ends in this, like, ridiculously bonkers scene where, I mean, if you haven't seen it, guys, spoiler alert, but, you know, we do this every top ten, so. Uh, Jennifer Jason Lee is tied between two trucks, and they're put into reverse, and she's, like, ripped in half, right? So there's definitely a scene... Where that happens uh -huh. in the new version, but it's not the same character. Oh. Oh. And well, maybe I'll watch this tonight. <laughs> and there's an amazing cop chase scene where the cops are trying to get him, too. Uh-huh. Because they do get finally get in touch or whatever, or they're they're going after him. And it's actually uh, Closer by Nine Inch Nails is playing during the whole time. And he just takes out, somehow, with like nothing other than like his one gun and a car, he takes out every single one of those cop cars and like a helicopter. Oh, my God. That by sounds himself. amazing. Like, that sounds it, amazing. Yeah. And it's just, and you believe it because it's Sean Bean. Well, I mean, and conversely, too, I mean, you have, Rutger Hauer looks like a crazy motherfucker half the time when he's in a movie. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, he was just like, this killer is so, like, crazy to me and scary. And for that ending scene alone, I think that's that's fairly unique. And it takes a lot of nerve. So, just mm -hmm. fantastic. I yeah. love John Ryder. Scary as hell. My number nine is none other than Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs with a body count of at least ten. And, and of course, we always... Much more. Yeah. He was a tucker and he was a dancer. <laughs> He was a taxidermist, and he liked poodles. He was a renaissance man. Yes, he was. So I must have this him on this list, especially in honor of our next film we'll be doing, Silence of the Lambs. So, 
yeah, so I think that we'll be talking about Buffalo Bill quite a bit in that next episode. Mm-hmm. He's something. Does he make any appearance on your list? Buffalo Bill, he does not. Oh, okay. I know. I really, I mean, I thought about it, but I mean, when we get to another, yeah, I just remember like the, the majority of that film is about Buffalo Bill and his murders, right? right. Versus um, the person that just steals the show is of Hannibal course Lecter. Hannibal Lecter, but mm-hmm. that's uh, neither here nor there, but right. it will be. So, uh, my number eight is a character that is known as La Femme. And it's from the French horror movie Inside. It was made in 2007. I'm going to assume that you have not seen this movie, Chris. I would have pronounced it La Femme, but I'm not French, so. Well, you can say either way is fine. I don't. <laughs> no one's going to like attack you for that on air. This woman is just literally insane. She uh, meets a young pregnant lady at a hospital on Christmas Eve and follows her home where she's spending the evening alone, breaks into her house, stabs her repeatedly with scissors, and as that pregnant woman is locked in her bathroom trying to fight for her life, this lady continues to kill anybody who comes into the house to try to help, or even if people show up by happenstance. Oh. She's crazy. This movie is a hard, hard watch. Like when we talk about French extremity, it's it's way up there. It's very violent. It's very bloody. It's kind of shocking. And I'm rarely ever shocked when I watch a movie. So I had to throw her on the list just for the, the sheer craziness that she like attacks and murders these people. Not to mention, I think, I mean, if you look at these lists by and largely, there are a lot of like psycho killers that are seen in horror movies. They're very rarely female. Mm-hmm. And so when you see something like that, especially some of the stuff that she does in this movie, you're just taking it back a little bit. There was an American remake that came out, I think last year, which I haven't seen, but I've heard it's just abysmal. This is just not one of those things that I think we need to see in English. I don't know. Okay. Fair enough. My number eight is Patrick Bateman from American Psycho with a body count of at least 20. Ooh, I like Patrick Bateman. It's a very hard watch too, in a way for different reasons, not necessarily like gore and everything else, but it's just disturbing. It is because the narrator, the narrator, and of course the quote unquote protagonist is definitely has problems, mental problems, more than a few. Oh yeah. And that, that is apparent from the very, very opening of the film where he is getting ready in the morning, taking a shower and describing the products that he's using to clean himself and, mm-hmm. and everything else. And basically says he is making his shell look as perfect as he can because there's no one really there or something. You That's know? right. And so you kind of go through this journey with him. Uh, I was told to, if you're going to watch uh, or read the book or the movie, just watch the movie because the book is horrendous. As far um, as disturbing material. Oh, it's far more disturbing than the movie. Yeah. yeah, my sister said she wants to burn every copy and she's not a censor person. So I I mean, I liked I the book, but that. it is it is really crazy, you know. So, I mean, yeah, if it's if that's like a, a trigger for you or something, then yes, do not read the book. And in fact, you probably wouldn't even want to watch the movie if, if that's much because it gets it gets really crazy, insane in certain parts like. Doesn't he like yeah. drop a chainsaw down a stairwell? Yeah, and times it just right to kill somebody. I mean, that's that's fantastic, is what that is. I, that was entertaining, yeah. but in the book, if you're doing, you know, you, you don't get that comedic no. performance, right? No, so. it's really not funny. It's very straightforward. Um, but, yeah, he's definitely up there. He's he's definitely in the zeitgeist as far as psycho killers are concerned. So that's how he made my list, as well as his body count. It's impressive. And I would put him on the list because Christian Bale in that movie is some kind of fine. I mean, even when he's doing, like, ridiculously terrible things, I'm just like, oh, you can take your shirt off again, though. It's, just do it. 
Who's your number seven? Uh, my number seven is the Tooth Fairy. Uh, we shouldn't be uh, supernatural. That's one of the rules. Oh, he's not. His actual name is Francis Dollarhide. Oh, okay. But his, you know, serial killer monoc- monoc- monocle. No, that's not right. Moniker is... Monocle. Uh, <laughs> he's a small glass. He's a one eyeglass. His name's Francis Dollarhide, but everyone in the movie calls him the Tooth Fairy. Um, because when he kills people, he also bites his victims so hard as to leave a tooth print. On every single one of them. I really like the movie Manhunter, which is what this killer is from. It was made in 1986. And it's sort of like the first um, Thomas Harris novel brought to the screen, right? So it's based on the novel Red Dragon, which was later remade with um, Edward Norton. Edward Norton. Yeah. So I I got there eventually. Um, And Ray Fiennes and Anthony Hopkins. and. Have you seen the original one, though? What? Manhunter. No, I've seen Red Dragon. Yeah. I mean, I I mean, I mean, like, they're both okay. I, I just prefer Manhunter much, much better. Okay. I, but I think it's because I had seen it so many times before and I was a little biased. But this killer is just completely scary. He wears, like, this, like, pantyhose over the f- just top part of his head. So it covers, like, his nose and everything else below, as you can see. And that just, that scares me when I see that. And he is sort of like torn between like killing people and not because he meets a woman and she's blind played by Joan Allen in the movie. Oh. And um, so he doesn't want to kill her, but then he starts to think that she's cheating on him. And so he does. So there's a scene in the movie where this blind woman is trying to escape this killer. And it's just one of the most like frantic scenes set to film in my opinion. Wow. Okay. My number seven is Norman Bates from Psycho. Good choice. Also with a body count of at least 20. In some of my killers, I am combining some of their TV counterparts as far as body counts are concerned. Okay. But most of these are from the movies, so. So you're talking about Bates Motel TV Possibly. show? Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't remember uh, any reference to 20 people being killed in the original Psycho. No, I don't think that there is any reference to that. So. However, I, I mean. That includes Bates Motel. And probably sequels, too. I mean, I know that the body count probably was ramped up when they started making those movies in the 80s, like Psycho 2 and yeah. Psycho 3. Yeah. But, you know, Norman Bates needs no introduction. Everyone knows about Psycho. And if you haven't, then you need to go and see it because it is Hitchcock at his finest. And it is horror royalty. So go and watch. And we may be talking about him a little bit later on in this top ten list, actually. Oh, Okay. What's your number six? My number six is Mick Taylor from Wolf Creek, made in 2005. This is another one of those hard watches. And uh, we talked about Wolf Creek uh, for a little bit when we did our top 10 favorite horror film scores, because this is one a very sparse and scary sounding score. And that really adds to, you know, the tension in this movie. But this particular killer uh, lives in the outback of Australia. And three young kids, teenagers, young adults are traveling through the outback and their car breaks down and he offers to help them. But instead, he takes them back to where he lives, drugs them, tortures them and kills them. Oh. And we are led to believe that he has continued to do this to to many people, either before these kids and after, because at the end of the movie, he's not caught. So we see him just walking down the street going on to his next victims, I would assume. So thanks. And, um, you know, it's crazy believable. This movie, you can think that these things could actually happen, you know? So I would probably stay out of the Australian desert. Okay. We'll do. (laughs) (laughs) My number six is Annie Wilkes with a body count of 30 from the film misery. And some of those 30, 
children? Is that what she? So if you're looking, okay, so this is just from the movie. Yeah. And as he's looking through, like I went back and I looked just to confirm, and it's as many as thirty. If you talk about like she, she kept all the newspaper clippings from her mm-hmm. victims and stuff, and there are just babies and stuff as a nurse in like her ex-husbands and like. Just whatever, whoever basically she comes across is basically just, you know, in danger of being killed by this woman. And what's interesting about her is that she makes it seem perfectly normal, right? That's part of her illness is that she doesn't know really what she, she feels like she's totally, you know, founded in everything she's doing. And she rationalizes everything almost like, almost as if she was a normal person, but she goes to these extremes. That's obviously mental illness, right? To in the extreme. But I was just shocked. She's like one of the most disturbing killers because she tortures, right? Mm -hmm. She was incredibly effective at that. And it's one of the most like harrowing scenes in horror movie is her, you know, hobbling, you know, the author in that bed. But I was shocked that her body count was actually that big. So I went back and watched that scene where he's going through that stuff. And yeah, she's an incredibly effective killer. And that's like... I had I love, no idea her body count was that high. I love that part in the movie because it really gives you like a window to her madness, right? Mm-hmm. Because who saves clippings like that, you know? And I mean, it's like one of those angel of death type of serial killers and their their body counts in real life can be astronomically high cause, because they get away with it for so long. And I mean, it was safe to say that she probably could have gotten away with everything she'd done to Paul Sheldon. She could have kept him in that house oh, for yeah. a very long time. So. That's an excellent choice. I've, I, I would almost say that her love of the books kept him alive. Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And again, if we're talking about like having a woman do these things on screen. It's not something that we're used to reading about or seeing, and it just makes it all that more shocking. Yep. The fact that she could even wield that big sledgehammer and like knock the shit out of his foot. Oh, my God. It makes my stomach hurt like thinking about it. I hate yeah. that part in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> What's your number five? All right. So halfway through, number five for me is Frank Zito from the movie Maniac. Oh. And no offense to William Lustig's original version from the 80s, which is very like grindhouse, early slasher goodness. It's, you know, a fantastic movie. But I much prefer the remake that was made in 2012, uh, written and produced by Alexandra Aja, which is one of my favorite French horror directors. But this movie is American and everything is in English. Um, It stars Elijah Wood as Frank Zito. And this character has got some really serious mommy issues. And I mean, so apparently his mother used to bring home her like sexual trysts and have sex with them while he was in the closet watching and he sort of like grows up with all of this baggage and he likes to murder women but you know when I'm trying to do this like charisma uniqueness nerve and talent scale right he kills them in such a way that it's different than what we normally see on the screen he kills them and then pulls a knife out of his pocket and scalps them So he cuts off the scalp and then he takes it home where he restores mannequins and attaches the scalps to the mannequin's head and lives with them in his room. So he's uh, he's got a few problems. Hmm, However, just like Francis. Yeah. I mean, like you do kind of feel a little sympathy for him when you get part of his backstory and he's taking medicine and things like that. Like he doesn't want to do these things. He's got urges. And I mean, that's no excuse, obviously. Mm. But I mean, he meets a woman just like the tooth fairy does in Manhunter and he loves her and he doesn't want to hurt her and things like that. And just the movie starts to take a very crazy turn toward the end when he realizes that he can't, he can't control his, his urges at all. So um, it's a hard watch again. uh, But I think that 
when you're talking about mental illness and depictions of it on screen, I think it's an actually a, a really good job. And the movie itself is all shot in POV style. So you barely see Elijah Wood's face unless he's looking into a mirror. So watching this and watching the things that he, he does to his victims, it's almost like you're doing it yourself, right? So it just adds a level of creepiness to it. Yeah. My number five is Leatherface. From the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, with a body count of at least 30. And he was fairly crazy, right? I mean, what, he skinned his victims and wore it? Yeah, essentially, so, yeah. Mm -hmm. Put it on his face. Pretty gross. Obviously a very famous killer in pop culture. Uh, just like Norman Bates, based off kind of the same killer, I believe, right? Yeah, they were sort of based off of um, very loosely Ed Gein, who mm -hmm. did similar things. I think he actually only killed like two people, maybe one. Uh, but he used to dig up corpses and, you know, make clothes, belts, lampshades, cups out of like skulls and skins and things like that. So Buffalo Bill is sort of also yeah, loosely based on that particular killer. So I think his reach goes pretty far and wide as far as film goes. Mm -hmm. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, though, I mean, I... I think we all think it's we, – we talked about this recently in 7-2, that it's famously remembered as being very violent and gory, and actually it's just not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So none of it's actually seen on screen. Yeah. So – and to do that with that kind of killer and make you remember like the most horrific things you never actually saw. Exactly. It's pretty good. What's your number four? Uh, my number four we've already talked about is Norman Bates oh, from Psycho. <laughs> yeah, from 1960. Uh, I put him high up on the list because I think that he is a very memorable character. Or at least very important, yeah. Right. And I think that, you know, like his his MO or whatever is very shocking, you know. Mm -hmm. And for 1960 to see a man run up screaming, holding a knife while wearing a wig in his mother's dress was pretty shocking for people and still is today for people who don't know the ending to that movie, if there are any people left who don't. But I think that when it comes to, to killers, body count or not, I think that the actions and the way that he did them is completely memorable. My number four is Ghostface from the collective Scream movies and possibly the TV show with a body count of up to 50. So this is where I'm kind of cheating a little, I think, because the ghost face is more like an avatar for several different killers. And, but I, I kept them on here because they're so iconic as well as successful. I feel like the downfall of every single ghost face is when they reveal themselves. They basically choose to get caught and defeated when they take that mask off. Right. And so just the fact that it's just totally into, I guess I would say newer horror because like, there's like the old, you know, Psycho and Manhunter and all that stuff. And then I'd say the renaissance of like Slasher started with Scream, right? Yeah, agreed. And so I really wanted uh, Ghostface to have a place on this list. He's not supernatural, although it is an avatar that's, you know, kind of traded hands between different killers. So hopefully you'll afford me that little. Of course, because I think rules. that that killer is not treated as different murderers. Well, it's, it's clever. It's one. meta. Yeah. It's, it's, they have to make up their own motives because they weren't really, didn't really kind of start with their own. Right. Like it's just very unique as far as a psycho killer, because there a lot of them really just aren't psychos. Some of them are just really angry. 
Yeah. <laughs> and some of them are in the screen movies, you know, I mean, yeah. and so but I I love the fact that we can go into a scream Two, scream Four, whatever you're going to sit down and watch. And you know that it's a different killer because the previous killer had been killed at the end of the movie. Well, it's killers, right? Because yeah. the first one uh, was Skeet Ulrich and uh, Matthew, Matthew Lillard. Lillard. Skeet Ulrich, what you could argue, was angry and wanted revenge, but also kind of a psycho. And the other one wanted notoriety, mm-hmm. you know, and was going along for the ride and everything else. And then this one, it's his Skeet Ulrich's mother. Sorry, Scream 2. It's his mother who wants revenge. Not a psycho, just really hates her and wants revenge. Yeah. And then her partner just wants notoriety yet again, right? So it just goes on like that. Right. And but what I like the most, though, is that even though we know it's a different killer each movie, we treat Ghostface as Ghostface. It's never yep. about, like, who is it behind the mask. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter because he's that that good of a killer that deserves to be really high on a list. Yep. Right. Uh, my number three is Jigsaw from Saw, and I'm really just including the original Saw in my list, even though the sequels get to be a little crazier, you know? But um, I, I like him only because of all the crazy, like, traps that he builds for people and puts them in. I think that's a really clever, effective way of killing people in a movie. And, um, yeah, I just like it. Plus, that little doll's creepy. <laughs> My number three is actually Angela Baker. Now, this is kind of a spoiler for those of you who haven't seen Sleepaway Camp. Mm-hmm. But over the years in different movies, she has killed like 55 people. It's crazy. Yeah. So I'm not going to talk about the like the twists and turns of Angela Baker as a killer. But all I can say, it's very satisfying. And these, these films, or at least the first one is the only one I've seen, is so good it's bad and so bad it's good mm-hmm. type of thing. So I definitely would check out uh, Sleepaway Camp if you haven't already. But Angela Baker is in my top three just because of the sheer amount of people she's killed. And I'm so proud of you for watching Sleepaway Camp. I will. She I, kills a lot of people in that first movie. Just yeah. a shit ton of people. Like, for just real. Left and right. And this movie is really highly regarded by the horror community. So, I mean, I think a lot of people have seen it. But Chris is right. We won't spoil anything. If you haven't seen Sleepaway Camp, you need to go do it right now. What's your number two? Uh, my number two are the titular strangers from the movie The Strangers, made in two thousand and eight. Okay, um, I showed this movie to Chris early in our friendship, right? Because yeah, earliest, yeah. Because The Strangers is by far ago. the scariest movie I have ever seen in my life. I have never been more frightened watching a movie than I was watching this one. And I mean, just like the effectiveness, the creepiness of these killers. Yeah, it, to Ugh. me, it was like more like the concept of it was the scariest thing because she asked why, why did you do this? And they said, because you answered the door. Yeah. yeah. And that's like the most chaotic evil or whatever, right? Recklessly chaotic random. Is, yeah. Just random murder. Yeah. You know? And I, that's even scarier because, you know, that's just, you know, you just basically won the lottery and there's, there's nothing you can do to convince someone not to be angry with you or not to have a motive against you or something like that. You were just there. And I don't you know, have a heartbeat and you're there. I don't know why I was so scared watching this movie. I saw it opening day in the theater. I was the only person in the theater. So maybe that played Ooh, a little. Yeah, probably. Um, but I mean, I was just like terrified the whole time. And I'm not scared of somebody breaking into my house and murdering me. It's not something I think about all the time. No. But for some reason, that movie is so effective and it's acting and just the way that it's filmed and its screenplay is just so, so good. And I mean, that burlap mask is scary. But I think even scarier are those like like sort of pinup-y 40s looking masks that the women wear. I mean, just like all of it just scares the shit out of me 
My number two is Jigsaw from the Saw series, like you already mentioned. Body count of up to 60. Oh, really? God, I thought it would be way more than that. No. Uh, as far as I could tell, that, well, that's the second highest on my list. So that's pretty fucking high. 60 yeah. people? 60 people. Give me a break. Yeah, with all those Saw movies and everything else, yeah, that's uh, 60 is quite a few people. But he always kills them extremely creatively, is what I could say. Yeah. And uh, he's kind of reminiscent of the seven guy, right? Because he's trying to teach a lesson. He's trying to make a moral judgment on people Mm -hmm. and have them kind of figure it out. And so a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them kind of end up killing themselves in these puzzles, right? So that's his kind of thing. And I I, I don't think that Jigsaw would exist if seven didn't exist first, right? I completely agree. So what's your number one? Uh, My number one is, and kind of has to be, I guess, Hannibal Lecter from Silence of the Lambs. So is mine. (laughs) What's his body count? At least a hundred. If you count his TV show Uh and all of the the movies. Yeah. I would say, I mean, if, I mean, if you're talking about like, you know, past lives of a character, things we don't see in the movie, I think it's gotta be way, way over a hundred. If this man were an actual serial killer, he would end up being like the most prolific serial killer in the history of time. Yeah. The reason I put him down at number one is because he fits everything in that list. He's very charismatic, right? People sort of fall under his spell, whether they like it or not. He's super unique, you know? I mean, because he, I mean, he's the only cannibal on my list, right? And just the way that he doesn't kill the people the same way over and over again. He's got a lot of nerve when he killed those two security guards or those cops when he was in that jail cell and like sort of like flayed it and made it look like an angel. I mean, like that takes a lot of nerve and talent. Yeah. So he is just scary and incredibly likable. Yeah. He has that charisma. But uh, yeah. So did you ever see the TV series? I watched the first season no. and liked it quite a bit. That's um, good. I need to finish watching it. I know that people are pissed off that it's not on the air anymore. So, and in fact, my friend Erin, who listens to the podcast, she is getting this tattoo back piece of Mads Michelson, right? Of him, like, it's just this huge horror tattoo on her back. It looks amazing. It's probably him as his, like, inner demon character or whatever. They have, like, a little outline of horns and things on yep. the head, right? And they did some really yeah. good makeup effects mm-hmm. and gore effects in that TV show. They don't hold anything back. They don't. I'm surprised that it was on network television frankly it was a network yeah holy crap i thought it was like a showtime show or something Mm -hmm. they got away with a lot well the same people went on to do like american gods and stuff so well and i've heard interviews with the creator of that tv show and he he fought with censors and it was just as simple as changing the tone of red that you use for blood to show it on the screen like their rules are very easy to get around oh there was some stuff in that tv show that was Crazy, yeah. like crazy, crazy, crazy stuff like you haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how it was on TV at all, but maybe I, I was maybe there's like some extra non-censored version that I watched or something from Amazon. I don't know. but I remember one episode in particular from the first season where he like killed people and sort of like skinned their back or opened their back, but they were all like position to be praying or something it was really gross looking yes and there's one where some guy is like flying like an angel but it's all of his back skin and everything else that's stretched out into wings hanging up in like a barn and stuff like there's some really creative works of art done with gore and and there's one person that was like split like in different sections or whatever and if you stand just right they look like a whole person if you go to the side they're all separated out into tiny little Love it. Yeah. I need to I need to continue watching. Yeah, and then he cooks some of them and 
eat the recipe. Yeah, Hannibal Lecter spanning over multiple movies. Things like Manhunter, Silence of the Lambs, Red Dragon. What else? Hannibal that yep. he was in, right? The sequel. And then there was a like a prequel version, Hannibal Rising, that was made. So I think that the American public and the horror community just can't get enough of this particular character. Yeah. And rightfully so. I think he deserves to be at the number one of any top ten horror psycho killer list for sure. Yeah. Chris, do you have anything else to add for your picks? I kind of had a special mention because I didn't, I wasn't able to add anyone from TV uh, unless they were in a movie first, right? And I wanted to mention Dexter because yeah. uh, I watched all of Dexter, and there was some, you know, hills and valleys in that show, just like any other. A lot of people shit on it for some reason. Um, I liked it. I think the ending could have been better. Yeah, but he was an incredibly effective and successful serial killer. He just happened to be going after quote unquote bad guys, right? Other other serial killers or whatever and other murderers in general. But every episode there was at least almost I would say almost every episode there was at least one or two or more of a body count. Mm-hmm. Right? And so he was well into the hundreds, I would say. Oh yeah, definitely. Incredibly successful. And again, an so. incredibly likable character, I think. I mean, educated, yep, smart, kind of self-aware mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. And I have not finished that show. I got a little bored with it in the middle. But I have spoiled it and read how it ends, so it's okay. I mean, I will. It's the journey that matters, Robert. I know. I will eventually watch it. I just have to find the right time, I guess. Okay. Well, guys, tell us what you think of our lists and our choices, and let us know who some of your favorite horror psycho killers are. You can do that on social media at the Film Flamers on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Or you can email us at tiredqueens at filmflamers.com. You could also head over to patreon.com slash the filmflamers where you can find all of our bonus content, guys. We put out at least two episodes a month on there. You can find that for as little as $2, and we have some special stuff coming up for Patreon, so head over there and take a look at it. Yeah, we've got a Game of Thrones retrospective episode on Patreon, as well as our sequel ideas for the movie Seven. So check those out. That's right. And don't forget, next month we are covering The Sounds of Lambs, as we have said a couple times in this particular episode. And uh, stay tuned for that. August is also the one-year anniversary of the Film Flamers, so we are looking forward to all the content coming out next month, guys. But until August, when we celebrate that anniversary, sweet dreams. I was like, why are you waiting for? <laughs> fava beans. Do you have any fava beans in your kitchen? <laughs> and a nice Chianti? A nice Chianti. <laughs>